You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. Uh, Today, I have guest host, Pat Ellington, who will be joining us. We have so much baseball to talk about. Uh, as you can tell by the attempted humor here, we have had almost no baseball to talk about. So we're going to talk about a myriad of subjects, the schedule, uh, the name with no baseball, the name stuff became uh, very hot on Twitter. So we'll dive into some of this name talk. Pat, I'm going to take a wild guess here and think that you are very much with me on the idea that this name needs to go and it's time for something new, correct? Yeah, um, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I think that we're going to concentrate on baseball team. Like the, um, Washington football team did what they did with their name. But I mean, um, I mean, it was just very performative, in my opinion, the way they kind of went can change your name, but we're not going to change your name until we decide to change your name. So. Yeah. That pretty much sums up my whole stance. No, it felt like it just felt to me like they did this big announcement to, you know, I'm going to be cynical here. They made the announcement so people who love Cleveland Indians and Wahoo could go out and buy all of that gear that they intentionally did this to try to sell a bunch of gear this year and then when the new name comes out, get all those people who uh, will be excited for the new gear. And cynical me thinks that this was very much uh, done to maximize profit revenues. And, you know, the thing I've always said is I know there's so many people who get mad about the idea of changing Cleveland Indians and Chief Wahoo in general, but it's they just were copying another team. And then on top of that, it's just i don't know it's a boring mascot to me <laughs> it's uh, on a very basic level my high school was the copley indians i taught for the Rittman indians uh it's just such a bland thing that we see all the time in ohio and again it's it wasn't original it's just something that was there and the great progressive history of cleveland sports to have one of the least progressive names is just odd now i did some research today uh, because, you know, it, I should get the exact wording. You know, if I was smart and thought ahead, uh, people were really digging apart the words that talked about that the whole naming thing is coming to, they're essentially coming together to have an idea about what the name's going to be, that they've shrunk down the list and that they are narrowing and vetting. Those were the exact words. And a lot of people jumped to the spiders as a name which uh, because they specifically talked about something that has historical reference. What's interesting though, is I, I sat there and I pulled up the good old trademark office. Uh, there are people sitting on the trade, uh, the trademark for the, uh, the guardians and for the, uh, the spiders, the Indians don't have those two. The Commodores, the only trademark for that belongs to the great uh, lakes brewery. And the Indians actually own the trademarks for the Cleveland Indians, the Cleveland Broncos, the Cleveland Naps, and the Cleveland Blues. And I think those are interesting names because that's every name that was essentially here. Because the thing with the Cleveland Spiders, yeah, the Spiders, is the Spiders were not the Indians. The Spiders essentially had a terrible season. All the best players were sold off and they moved. The Indians got the Great Lakes. No, it was the Grand Rapids Ru- Rustlers who moved here and it became 
can't remember if it was the Forests first before it became the Bluebirds to the Blues to the Broncos, which is the name the players wanted, and it didn't take to the Naps uh, to the Indians. But the Spiders don't, to this actual fa- team, don't have that tie. So here's my theory, and then I'll I'll let you uh, give your theory or you know react to mine. My theory is they're going to end up being the Cleveland Blues, and one they already own the trademark; they don't have to go through and worry about you know, spending tens of thousands of dollars because it'd be cheaper to buy the name off someone than go to court over it. Uh, It's a team that has that history, the background. You look at the state of Ohio, you have the Browns and the Reds. There's kind of a history of color. The Indians already have the color blue in theirs. And while blues isn't necessarily associated with Cleveland, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I mean, anyone who knows rock and roll at all has to know that the basis of all rock and roll is the blues. Uh, and they've leaned into a lot of things with the rock and roll and music heritage in this city. So like I said, it's it's got the tie for history. It has that tie with other teams. It's got a color pattern that matches. And it's easy to, again, while I know blues and Cleveland aren't necessarily the first things that go together, I think there's a way that they could. It certainly makes more sense than the Utah Jazz. Let's put it that way. So that's that's my theory. When you just look at what they already own and won't cost them, think there's a logic to that when they're talking about history it does make you think it's got to have some tie to the city and i don't know uh what other ways it could be you know it when i dived into a lot of the the negro league teams which i think would be cool that the cleveland area didn't have a, a strong history uh there were a lot of teams that were there for a year or two and moved around they don't have that team that's like directly tied to them i could be wrong uh or that would be the other place i would look i could see them because again it's Cleveland. I will harp to the end of time. No sports city has as rich a progressive history or sports city, I should say, has as rich a progressive history as Cleveland. Uh, so it makes sense to kind of honor an eager league team if there was one that made sense. I'm just not sure if there is one. Um. So remember, um, I, I don't know if they're doing this year, but um, the Indians were one of, one of like 12 teams who wore Negro league jerseys during, um, during like one specific weekend. Like, I remember them day to wear their New League jerseys against the Tigers, and the Cleveland Buckeyes make sense, but the other side of the Ohio State trademark for that, and that will be a huge bloody battle. But so, no, that's not going to work. Um, I actually like the Spiders. I think it's a very unique name. Spiders are very scary, and I, I kind of like that, that very mistake. You could do and you could do so much with a Spider as your logo for the team. I think it just makes too much sense for them to pass up. Yeah, I just, I said, I wonder, you know, they're not willing to, to pay the baseball players right now. Are they going to be willing to pay any money to, to get a hold of that team name? Uh, it's just a, a situation where I don't know. I mean, fighters do make some sense. I wonder if there's any degree of fear, or not fear, but worry that, like, you're putting somebody's fear on your jersey. Would, uh, you know, would they go for something more blandish? Do you want, I, I agree, you could do some really cool imagery with a spider, which you couldn't do with a lot of these other proposed names, but it, it would it'd be interesting to see if they'd be willing to take that step and do something a little different. Uh, I had forgotten about the Buckeyes. You're 100% right there. I think the reason I had moved that out of my head was exactly what you talked about, that it would it would be a bloody battle with Ohio State, and that's not something I think they have any interest in getting involved in general. It's, it wouldn't be a good look, and it wouldn't be something that would really benefit anyone. But yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I just want them to hurry up and do it. <laughs> I'm just tired of the people who get mad every time I don't call it the Indians or people who get mad when I talk about like who I, what I think the naming change is going to be. It's like, just let it go. Like I, I understand. I'm 
I grew up with the name as well. I've, it's just time to move on. And the sooner we actually have a name in place, the easier it is going to be. Close the book, I hope. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Indians released the statement about vetting and narrowing of names today. Without much else to talk about, it just it opened things up. Just for the total details now that I have this open is that the initial pool of names was 1,200. I would love to just see the list someday, like what 1,200 names were there. I, I, I can't even imagine that you and I could have been on that list for names when you're talking about 1,200 names. Or I'm sorry, it was exactly 1,198 names. And that the new name, all we know for sure is it will not have any Native American themes or connotations. So we can move on from there. This ESPN article uh, talks about the social media names being the Spiders, the Guardians, and the Avengers. I, uh, Guardians and Spiders, yes. Have you heard the Avengers a lot? That doesn't seem quite on to me. Marvel is going to let them. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like I haven't even no. heard that one brought up. That's, I don't. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. That's, yeah. It doesn't make any sense from a baseball standpoint, but just from like a name recognition with yeah. you and everything, it makes sense. Yeah. But it's like, I, I mean, you get, I feel like that's just someone responding to like, hey, well, someone's saying the Guardians. If you're going to go, Guardians are going to be Avengers and not realizing the whole idea that Guardians are tied to the statues and not uh, the other part of the MCU. But yeah, it's well beyond time to move on is is my general view and that's that's always going to be the moment where i'm like you can't debate this anymore people think red face is fine to wear to a game because of this mascot it's time to say goodbye to wahoo and the indians in general and i know there's about a good chunk of the listeners saying and it's time to say goodbye to the podcast right now so uh might be time to move to less controversial topic take a quick break for some words from our sponsors then we'll come back and we'll talk about the schedule baltimore orioles and a little bit more as well Let's take our first break to talk about Bet Online. You know them. You might love them. They are our official sponsor when it comes to all things sports betting, gambling, and the like. Let's go see what they think about the Indians game on Friday. The first one, and it feels like forever, doesn't it? We have Mejia versus Aiken. Aiken is getting one and a half runs in this one. Even though he has been the pitcher in the big leagues for Baltimore, and this is Mejia's first career start, just the difference between a good team and a bad team. Uh, the Indians are the ones giving up a run and a half. Eight and a half is your composite runs in this one. Interesting game. Remember when you go to bet online, you want to use that promo code locked on to get a 50% bonus. That's right, 50 50% bonus when you go to bet online today. No matter what it is you're interested in, they have you covered over at betonline.ag. Remember that promo code locked on to get that big bonus. Let's talk about sports trade. The world of fantasy sports and kind of this fantasy sports betting uh, is taking off. Like, that's just the truth of the matter. I listen to podcasts that talk about other ones. Sports Trade sponsors our show. You should go check out them. You should go check them out at sportstrade.com. And it's this whole idea that we're seeing more and more of, of sports as a stock market. That this is a way that not only can you make money through your players playing well, but just supply and demand. Uh, if you can get a guy who is... You know, get J.D. Martinez when he is cut by the Astros before he makes his appearance with the Tigers. Make a lot. Get Shane Bieber when he's a minor prospect. Remember, Shane Bieber was never a top 100 prospect. <laughs> you might just want to start adding those, like, Cody Morris types in the Indian system. Just players like that. That's what you go over to sports trade and you find. It's a fun idea. It's using the stock market. It's supply and demand. The more shares that are purchased in a player, the higher the value goes. You can instantly buy and sell as many shares as you want. Just like the stock market, then watch how your players battle in your portfolio value rises. 
Go to Sports Trade, watch the How It Works video, and sign up to get started. Sign up today at SportsTrade.com. Discover the fun and exciting and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. I really think you'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in on the action at SportsTrade.com. Okay, we're back. So the Indians have the Orioles this weekend, uh, and I talked about just the the way the schedule is shaping up for them. With this Orioles team, and as bad as the Orioles have been, what are you looking forward to? The great story with Trey Mancini's return from cancer. There's Anthony Santander with his history with the Indians. Those are kind of the obvious guys. Uh, Maybe John Means, who's pitched very well. Is Is there much that you're looking forward to or anything that stands out with the Baltimore Orioles? Jason Mejia is starting tomorrow, so that's going to be very interesting to see. Um, and besides that, just looking forward to the team um, that's, gotten, that's gotten a lot of well-deserved rests over the last few days. Um, kind of get back into swinging things and see how they do. Um, it, it's, it's very remarkable how this team performs, even though it's young. It's like, You'll see them drop a few games, close games, or games where they look pretty okay, and then there'll be some games where they look absolutely terrible and they still win. It's just weird. Yeah, I think of all of the games, I'm most looking forward to tomorrow's. I really want them to win, not not just because, you know, it's going to be fun to see J.C. Mejia pitch. It's going to be fun to see him get his first MLB start. He's facing Keegan Aiken, who... I really liked out of uh, Western Michigan as a pitching prospect. If you missed the story, he's also the same guy who liked a violently racist post a few years ago on Twitter and by a few years last year. So I'd also kind of like to see Keegan Aiken get beat. Another reason to be a little more interested in the outcome in tomorrow's game. You know, I know there's people saying like stick to baseball, but I think things like that are important to point out or know that uh, when you're facing someone who has put themselves as a genuine real-life villain, uh, it's going to make, if they can manage to win, a little bit sweeter. So Yeah, definitely. Um, seeing people that, that kind of have display open lack of morals or principles, things like that, um, it's, it's, it's easy to root against them, obviously. I don't even know, like... Yes, I have occasionally accidentally liked a post, and I'm sure that was his defense. But I, I've also never really come across posts with the wording in it that he liked. So I think he's one of those people that kind of got a little bit uh, exposed. And I, like I said, I'm very much uh, looking forward to hopefully a win. This team, without Fran Mill, it's not as good against lefties. But they should still be better against lefties and righties just with the way this lineup sets. So I'm... I'm extra excited for that Friday matchup because it's, uh, you know, like I said, Mejia's first start facing a guy who looks like a not great person. You know, the Saturday start's going to be the tough one, and then we'll have to see about Sunday. At least I want to say Aiken's a lefty. Uh, let me double check that now. But it seems with the Aiken and Means, and then we'll have to see. What do you think is going to happen Sunday with that to-be-determined starter? Okay, so Aiken is a lefty. I, look at, I was looking at it right okay. now. Um, and on Sunday... I think it'll be a bullpen game. Maybe we'll probably call Quantrill. Um, that's kind of my just guess. I, with um, more day weekend and stuff, and then all the game delays, I was kind of out of the loop on baseball like last week, which was a good thing. I really needed that break. But um, I'm not really sure about the, um, about who they're going to start on Sunday. I think it'll be a bullpen game, and surprisingly enough, um, even with the Take the pitching staff tearing on the edge like the last two weeks. The starting rotation has gotten a lot of um, large outings when they need it, and 
when the bullpen need a rest or they only go through one or two guys. I mean, I, I agree with you. I feel like they're trying to stretch out uh, Quantrell as is, so he feels very likely to be a starter. I'm curious to see how it's all these off days, how they're going to kind of move things around and deal with the schedule. But it, the last game they actually played was the first, so it's no games on the second or third. And then they don't play Monday. Then they have a two-game series, and they have off next Thursday. Uh, it's it's crazy. They're going to have a chance to completely align this rotation how they want to align it. And I'll be curious to see exactly how it all shakes out. So this is they have Baltimore, St. Louis, Seattle, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cubs, Twins, and then Detroit to end the month. There's a chance that you're talking about in that stretch, one, two, 500 teams. I mean, the Cubs and the Cardinals are the only ones who are likely to be over or about. I mean, Seattle's been near 500, but the other teams are all well below. And the, both the Cubs and the St. Louis series are two games each. So when you're looking at that, and then for counterpoint, July is all like Houston twice, the Athletics, Tampa. It's pretty rough. I was talking about earlier in the week on the show, does it almost feel like if they really want to win this division with the way the schedule is set up and with as easy as it is relative to what's upcoming, if they have any hope to win this division, do they have to be in first at the end of the month? Um, I don't think they have to be in first, but I think they have to be in second or third and within five games. Yeah, it's like I said, it's July is brutal. June is kind of this stretch where I'm kind of hoping they're going to be able to make up some serious ground. Make, I mean, they're two and a half games back. <laughs> serious ground might be a little bit of an overkill statement on my end, but it's it's one of those, it, they're not the twins right now in terms of uh, how far back they are. It's going to be one of those things where I feel like they should they have to win most of these series. Like even if they're not in first, they got to keep putting pressure on. Yeah, you know, you just got to keep it on the White Sox. And because, I mean, I think the, the underrated thing with the White Sox is the White Sox feel to me, and maybe I'm wrong, like a little bit of a powder keg. Uh, and, and I say that because the players are unified against their manager. And it seems very clear as a team that the White Sox are, the players are all together and their manager says some incredibly dumb things and then the players respond to it. And that just strikes me as a situation that could blow up in their faces uh i mean what's your thought do you think maybe i'm overblowing that situation or do you think it really is almost like players on one side manager on the other and almost outside of the game itself the communication between being extremely low it's time for another sponsor break i do want to take a quick second for those who are listening and apologize i'm extremely tired i feel like it is as i'm doing editing on the show showing up in the listening where i am more discombobulated than normal so I'm going to apologize right here in the midst of the podcast about that. And now let's talk about a fantastic product, Built Bar. So they sent us another sample. They sent us this grasshopper fudge. It's amazing. It might be my favorite. I'm going to order a box the minute it comes available. I highly, highly, highly recommend this flavor if you can get it. I haven't gotten an email yet to say it's available. When it's available, I'm buying it. I might buy two boxes of it. I am really loving this new flavor. It is up there with... Uh, you know, I've talked about my favorites being the churro uh, fluff and the coconut brownie. Those are good, but I, I think this is the best. This might be my favorite all time. I love Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. Trust me, uh, if you like that kind of like, you know what grasshopper is a flavor is, right? I don't mean like the bug. I mean that kind of like chocolatey mint thing. Oh, it's so good. I, I got five. 
I ate four in one day. I got one for tomorrow. That's that's my snack for tomorrow on the way to school. I'm saving that as a, a reward uh, for myself for tomorrow. Really good. Go check that out at BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON15. No, I completely agree. And with the White Sox fan base, kind of, well, a lot of the White Sox fan base, you know, kind of not okay with Tony Orlusa because of the because it says he's making on the field and off the field with how he's treating his players in the clubhouse and how they're popping up in publicly. And also with how um, Jerry's Vondover is kind of propping up Tony Larusa and Lou because they're very close friends. I mean, because they're very close friends, I used that word wrong totally. And with how um, they changed the name of the one section of the stadium. <sighs> that was bad. That, that was, was that super was, bad. That was one of the worst. PR things I've ever seen from a baseball team. It's not, and it's not just that like that woman worked for them for 70 years and was a hundred years old. Like that's bad enough, but let's take the manager who's had multiple drunk driving violations and name a drinking area after him. Like I couldn't yeah, believe it then, on like two levels. Yeah. And then there's already another section named after Tony LaRusso. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that one. That one I had missed. So it's like, there's, yeah. there's so many layers and details that kind of encapsulate how or bad even, situation is. So just the, like one of the things that just blew my mind is, for those who don't know, um, back when they won the World Series 2005, uh, I want to say, I could be wrong, they honored a concessions worker who had worked for them for 70 years. And she was like in her 80s or 90s and she had worked in that area and she was beloved. And they named an area after her during the World Series. And then decided this season without alerting her family that they were going to rename it LaRusso's Lounge and take her name away. And then their defense was, well, she's got a plaque in another part of the stadium. And her family asked for like, well, can we have the hanging sign? That'd be nice for our family to own. And they were told that, oh, we had already thrown it away. So this hanging sign that the family asked, they didn't even think about. They just threw it away. And then defended taking her away her section by saying, well, she's got a plaque elsewhere. So if you missed that story, it's who, I mean, that's, I feel bad for the, the GM and the people up there. Cause they didn't, they built this team. They built a team. That's one of the favorites to win the world series. Uh, one of the best teams in the American league. And then they got saddled with all of this ridiculousness that is beyond them. Absolutely. That's the worst part. Um, why well, I, I feel like Rick Hahn has kind of played into this, especially with how he kind of threw Edgar Renteria. I mean, Rick Renteria. Yeah. Under the bus and things like that. Um, Jerry Reinsdorf is, is really kind of took one of the best homegrown young cores in recent memory and kind of tainted the, their image because of everything he's done over the last six months. Yeah, it's... I mean, if you're a Bulls fan, you don't like him because uh, of what he did there with the meddling. It's like, essentially, if not for Michael Jordan, that guy would not have, uh, he'd be probably viewed as one of the worst owners in sports. But he happened to, you I mean, know. I'm, I'm pretty sure Chicago fans still hate Jerry Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's like, if there's no Jordan, he is, excuse me, he's probably widely regarded as like one of the worst meddling, least successful owners. But because he has Jordan, he's got some rings, but it's not like and he, he did anything. He dismantled that and meddled in that. Yeah. Because he. And that encapsulates everything Jerry Reinsdorf is as an owner of a hundred percent. No, I agree. And it's you know he had to go do the the old boys club, and it's you know it, it, to just go back to Tony Russa. I want to remind everyone. 
It's a dude who got busted for drunk driving after one of his pitchers was killed driving drunk. Like there was no lesson learned moral of the story uh, there. And the whole story came out about him in Phoenix a year ago. And it's, it's a bad, bad look and it continues to stay a bad look. And I mean, it's impossible to not look at his comments and, you know, maybe this will get me in trouble, but does he criticize the white players ever for playing the game the wrong way? Or is it only the Latin players? I have no clue. I have no clue. I, I feel like I, I, I'm not sure at all. I would have to dig, but it's like, you know, I think about what happened with, with your men and maybe it's just only the stories I see or the, the praising of, of, of Andrew Vaughn, who I mean, I'm a huge Andrew Vaughn fan. If you ever read my draft work, you know that like I was higher on him than I was on Torkelson, uh, like which is uh, kind of silly by most people's, but that's just I believed in the skill set. But it felt like very much that he's targeting certain players or community groups, and it's I don't know. I I would be curious if someone you know if if there's a White Sox fan, I know I have one White Sox fan who listens, Joey. Let me know how off base am I? Is it just that I'm seeing the recent, you know, everything that happened with the year men story uh, bubbling up in my mind? But it, it's just I, the best thing the White Sox did for the Indians this offseason was add him as their manager. And that's that is 100 percent the case, in my opinion. They helped the Indians by bringing in a guy who's just going to cause chaos and disruption. Well, I, I will say this. I definitely think um, there is some racial coded things there that's not just a Tony Marissa thing but a not it's even just a baseball thing it's just an American thing um when people say oh po- don't put politics and social stuff into baseball but I mean these things inherently intersect in baseball just because we're based on our society social norms but so I think there's definitely some some race there with how not it's not even just coaches and managers you know um, people in the media write things broadcasters you never hear you know the guy who grinds and works harder than everyone else who makes it on less talent than everyone else is always white i say that as a white dude but you know it's 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 stereotype like you know yeah it's you know you you kind of look at it you want to i mean i i I make fun of Michael Martinez all the time because of the situation with him in the World Series. But like Michael Martinez made it to the big leagues with less talent than everyone else. If there's ever a player that should have had like the grinder label, it's Michael Martinez, but I, it never applied to him. You know, that he was the guy who, with lesser tools, made it. Even the most cynical person who's mad at me right now for bringing this stuff up can admit, like, if you don't realize that there's never been a person of color who got the label grinder or gym rat, then you haven't been paying attention. Put it perfectly. If you're not evolving and growing as a, you know, I say as a baseball writer all the time, like if you, there are a lot of baseball writers who they don't know what runs created, you know, what runs created are. Like if I say, you know, WRC plus, there's a lot of people who don't know what that is, who should and who should be paying attention. There's a lot of writers who feel like they haven't advanced since the late seventies. You know, it's all about pitcher wins and RBIs. And I say that because I feel like that is also something as people we need to make sure we're doing is always evolve, learn and grow. And I think it is important to look at a sport and look at it. It is a business. It's a billion dollar business where huge tax breaks are given to these teams and these billionaire owners at the expense of your 
city. Uh, so it's it's never it should never really be out of bounds. It's never really all about sports because sports are a billion dollar business. And I think, again, uh, you know, I think writers need to evolve and grow and learn. And I always try to, you know, I'm learning about exit velocities and spin because that's important. It's what the next thing coming is. But I think as people, it's always important to take that second and uh, just look at the wider world around you. So that's my soapbox moment. I apologize, Pat. I had to take my second and hop up there and uh, proselytize. But I, I think it gets annoying when they say stick to sports because what are sports, but a business at its core, right? I'll get off my harping. I know that I've already had multiple people get mad at me when I do this in the past, but I think it's just, it's good to recognize the game, the wider picture and look beyond baseball in and of itself. I didn't get a chance to ask you about any minor league prospects yet. I know it's an abrupt change, but uh, anyone who's caught your fancy here towards the end of the show this week? Um, Not really. Um, Tyler Freeman is doing Tyler Freeman things again. Um, I'm actually going to be covering some games this weekend. I'm going to be covering two. So um, I think you should ask me after then. But um, also, Lake County has been struggling a lot lately, whether it be injuries and just performance and stuff like that. So, um, Yeah, it's and that's a story with Columbus, too, between injuries and performance. It's uh, maybe the Indians' early minor league story. But, yeah, it's hopefully you'll you'll get a chance to see some of those guys get healthy and perform. It's such a fun team. I saw La Vestido was just activated today, so that's at least a bit of good news for this weekend. But, yeah, it's uh, – I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about? I feel like I really hogged the mic in this one. Uh, any, you know, any articles you want to send them to or any stories that are important to you? Um, sorry to, like, marginalize you here at the end, but, I, you know, give you a, a little bit of uh, space and room to speak to. Oh, no problem, I'm good. I, don't, I really don't have anything to plug in today. Cool. Uh, you know, I just want to remind everyone to rate and review, download daily. That really helps the show grow. Uh, you can find me at Jeff MLB Draft. Pat, where they where can they find you on Twitter? Um, they can find me on Twitter at tangible underscore uno. S T A N G I B L E underscore U N O. And yeah, keep listening. Uh, I'm just gonna take a second to to also say. Uh, Check out the podcast from Thursday. It's a long one, but it's a good one. I talked with Carlos Colazzo of Baseball America. If you missed it, we go heavy on the draft. It's a lot of fun. From a, If you've ever watched the draft, you've seen Carlos's face. He's the Todd McShay of the baseball draft. So we're just going to send people back to that one. Uh, but again, I want to thank our fantastic listeners in general. Uh, in that podcast, I kind of made fun of University of West Virginia and said all the listeners would turn off uh, and stop listening. And I had a University of or University of Virginia fan, I should say, is what I was making fun of. Uh, come back and say he's still listening, even though I made fun of Virginia. So it's a, a fun group that we have in general. And uh, I just want to thank all the fans for listening. Uh, I've been Jeff Ellis. It's great to have Pat on uh, with me. And for the next year, maybe two, go Tribe.